It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Tuesday, February the 8th, 2022. This is Wake Up with Ray G. Jay, I don't know about you, but every time the intro's going on, I'm just in the back. I'm just like, dun, 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 dun. I'm just grooving the whole time, baby. Uh, but we got everybody in the building. Brandon, good morning. Michael, Ethan, Baby Hippo, Top Dog, BCS, Edward, Carlos, my girl, Joe, Jay. It's a lot of people in the building this morning. Jay, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good morning to everybody out there. First rookie mock post senior ball. And everyone in the chat is saying, where's Malik Willis going to go? Well, you're going to find out. And I think they'll be a little surprised. But my biggest thing, man, and like you talked about, Malik is going to go high in the draft. And we'll get yeah. into it. But I'm excited to be here. Good morning to everybody out there in the comments, watching live. One of our most popular shows. Love to do these shows. It's a great show. when We do the mock drafts and run through all these prospects. First round today, going to be a good one. Yeah, a lot of new people in the building, man. Yesterday, I was rusty, admittedly. I didn't say the date. I didn't say good morning to anybody. I just got into it and started talking. But I feel like I got my groove back. The coffee is flowing. Uh, everything is good, man. It was um, yesterday's show. Good feedback, man. A lot of, a lot of people talking um, about the players that we kind of discussed from the Senior Bowl Remember, 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 it's really difficult for us to get to every comment live during the show, but that's why we dedicate Wednesdays to you. So make sure you go to the Wake Up TV Twitter account or either in the YouTube comments. If there's a burning question that you have that you want answered specifically, hit us, let us know. I don't look at them beforehand. Jay pulls them so that kind of you get my raw, like just emotion and opinion on uh, whatever that question is. So make sure you submit those questions for tomorrow's show. But we do have to get into the first round. Today is going to be fun. I think this is going to be a good one. Um, we uh, intentionally selected sharp drafters for this yes, rookie sir. mock because we wanted we didn't want any foolishness happening. We wanted a very good, accurate set of data on this one, and we will jump right into it. Uh, Jay, we got a little bit of news yesterday. We're going to talk about this for a hot second, so go ahead and hit us with what happened. So the two big pieces were head coaching vacancies were filled. Lovey Smith was hired to be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. And as well, it's expected that Pep Hamilton will remain as the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. So that's good for Davis Mills and his development. And then as well, the Saints finally made their decision. They have hired their former defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, to remain on staff and be their head coach going forward. So no outside hire for the Saints. Lovey Smith, a bit of a surprise, but there was a lot of speculation about him yesterday like we talked about. So we'll see. I, I think that the players seem to be really excited. You know, when he was in Chicago, there's still a lot of love for him there. While he's a little bit older, I think he could be the guy to kind of reset the culture in Houston and get them headed in the right direction. So I am excited for Houston. The players seem to be excited. You see them talking about on Instagram, commenting, saying they're excited. So happy for Lovey and happy for Dennis Allen to finally get his job in New Orleans. 
Uh, we'll see what happens. A bit more of a project there, considering the Saints have a good roster, but they need a quarterback. Uh, Houston, again, bringing a nice, strong veteran head coach to really reset the culture there. It's a good spot for both these franchises. And I think that uh, Dennis Allen does make a lot of sense for the Saints because he's actually the guy where, I don't know if you remember, Sean Payton didn't coach in one of those games. And I believe it was the game that they shut out the Bucks. was Dennis Allen was the head coach for the Saints that game. Yeah, I was just, you know, what... I mean, Lovey, David Cully. I mean, Lovey's yeah. a winning coach. Um, I, I This, for me, like when I'm thinking about Houston and Lovey, and you think about those Bears that he coached, that Bears team, defense yep. was strong, Lance Briggs, Brian Urlacher. Um, they, they made it to the damn Super Bowl with Rex Grossman and Kyle Orton. So, uh, like, just thinking ahead, I doubt they take a quarterback at three. It feels like it's going to be a defensive pick. If I had to put my money on it, based on the information that we're getting from the mocks now, I'm assuming Kyle, uh, not Kyle Hamilton, Kayvon Thibodeau would be their selection yeah. at three. Um, but it'd be interesting. So Pep Hamilton, you said, is the offensive coordinator there, right? Now Pep yeah. is an offensive guy. If he, if they if they put a lot of trust in Pep to say, I think they're going to build. What I'm what I'm trying to say ultimately, very very like scrambled and jumbled, is I think they're going to roll with Davis Mills in 2022. Yeah, I think they realize that this is not a quick turnaround. It's not a quick fix. You have what looked like to be a competent quarterback that's very cheap. So let's build some of the other positions that really matter: offensive line, defensive line. Let's build those positions through the draft. Uh, try to develop some of our young guys, and then we'll see going into 2023 if Davis could be the quarterback of the future or with our probably very high 2023 NFL draft pick, do we need to invest in the quarterback position? Dennis Allen, there's familiarity there with, with the players, with the system. I, I think what this does is it it bodes well for the defense. You know, the defense is still going to yeah. be strong. Still interested to see what they do offensively. You know, we kind of talked about it yesterday, Jay. A sleeper pick for us uh, once the prop bets come out to win the NFC South. I, I think Atlanta could potentially, I, I think the, the money, yeah. you know, the juice that you'd get for betting the Falcons to win the NFC South. <clears throat> you know, Tom Brady's gone. Looks like Chris Godwin's gone. I, I don't know what's happening with Tampa Bay. I know they're going to lose a lot of pieces. And you yep. can't just say, I'm going to plug and play Kyle Trask, plug and play Blaine Gabbert, and we're going to be just fine. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming that Atlanta would have the worst odds in the division, probably worse than Carolina, worse than New Orleans, and at least worse than Tampa Bay. So the juice that you can get betting on Atlanta to come out of the South, just throwing it out there right now. They're the only team in that division right now that's bringing back a competent quarterback. You know, J-Mo, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, we don't know, you know what his knee situation is going to look like, but it's just going to be interesting in the, in the uh, NFC South. And for the AFC South, um, Houston, Tennessee, uh, Jacksonville, and who's the other team in the Indy. AFC South? And Indy. Yeah, Houston's going to finish last in that division probably again. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, if if I were a fan of those two teams, I mean, I'm just kind of like, meh. You know, all the coaching vacancies are filled. No Eric Bieniemy, no Kellen Moore. Uh, we'll see how that plays out through the next coaching cycle. But Everyone's got coaches, so now we prepare for the draft, and with that preparation for the draft comes rookie mock draft season, full, live, in effect. Jay, peep the comments for me while we go through this, but it's um it's going down right now. People saying Dennis Allen is trash. I'm just seeing the comments. Dennis Allen is trash. Lawyer Ray coming out with the long-winded answer. Neither here nor there. Uh, rookie draft season is full in effect. Uh, the, the Sleeper app has all the rookies in there, so now you're seeing everybody and their mama doing rookie mocks and all the ADP is jacked up. But if y'all have been tapped in with this show from the jump, you know, we've been doing this shit since October. We have been doing rookie mocks since October and, uh, you know, really started hitting it hard the month of November and December. So we've got a lot of ADP, uh, with our patrons, the prospect talk patrons, patreon.com forward slash prospect talk. Highly encourage you to check it out, man. We just got done wrapping up our uh, running back prospect film grade. So we'll be releasing those tomorrow. But we got the mock to get to, and let's take a look at what we did last time. It was like over what a month ago, like six weeks, a month ago when we did this uh, with the yeah. with the with the crew on YouTube. And here's what we had: our rookie superflex ADP. We collected this uh, from 16 mock drafts uh, since December of 2021. 
per our ADP, here's what the top 12 looked like. Traylon Burks was the consensus 101, followed by Matt Corral, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller. So those two top running backs, spoiler alert, those are the two top running backs in my PFG grades, prospect film grades. Kenny Pickett coming off the board as QB2 at 105. Kenneth Walker, 106, 107. We had Garrett Wilson, 108, Drake London, 19, Sam Howe, Malik Willis down there at 110. So 16 mocks, his consensus ADP per our data was the 110. Jamison Williams, torn ACL in all, 111. In the good but not spectacular, David Bell just seems to do everything very, very well. Maybe nothing at a spectacular level was still coming in as a top 12 rookie pick. So we did this mock on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Jay, you were participated in this mock. Uh, the 4D chess guys, the off-the-line fantasy guys, Brandon's in the chat. He also did it in Jordan Backus, Ben Eby. Um, it was just a good crew of drafters, Jay. Uh, but we need, to, we need to jump into it, man. So who came off the board 101 per hour mock? Who was it? Who was 101? Tell the people who 101 As was. much as we try to suppress this, because the patrons are pushing this narrative over and over and over, but we just couldn't stop it. Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas, 101. 101. Damn, man. Traylon, so, I mean, spectacular wide receiver, right? Traylon Burks, there's, we, we all know how good of a wide receiver he is. Freak athlete. I think he's going to test uh, out of this world at the NFL Combine. Uh, you see the speed, the size, the power. Uh, I'm not going to argue anybody taking Traylon at the one spot because of how special he is. Again, the value, though, the value that's retained year over year is the quarterbacks and the running backs, right? If you miss out on Traylon Burks at 101 and you double back in the second round and you're able to trade up and you get a George Pickens, you get, um, you know, a Chris Olave, you, you have an opportunity to draft a Christian Watson in the second round. I'm not saying those players are Traylon Burks level type players, but you're still getting you're still getting a, a, a wide receiver. And these are I don't want to say replaceable positions, but quarterback is where the value is. And I don't like saying it, Jay. I don't like saying it because I'm the guy that wants Traylon. 101, yeah. but if I'm picking at the top spot, what I'm probably going to do is either trade back to 103 and let somebody else take the number one receiver or the number one quarterback or the number one running back, and I'll be happy with whatever falls to me, you know, right there at 103. Um, just interested in how many people are still on the Traylon Burks 101 train. Jay, what do you think about the selection? I don't hate it, but like you said, uh, the biggest question for me with that pick is like, I like Garrett Wilson almost as much. And if you're going to get him half a round later, then you definitely want to trade back because like we even talked about the biggest thing for me that I'm paying attention to this year. And it's because of the trend we've seen over the years is receivers that get drafted high are going to see a lot of targets. We saw it with Jamar Chase. We saw it with Jalen Waddle. We saw it with Devonta Smith. We saw it with Justin Jefferson, although that was a little bit more scheme fit. I just think that depending on how high some of these receivers go, that may be what sways me a little bit because I think that's where the targets will be. For whatever reason, Traylon is not being mocked as high as Garrett Wilson and even Chris Olave in some instances. Yeah. Now, I'm not trying to say Olave is going to go over Traylon Burks in my ranks. He might. But I have Garrett, no, no, no. I have Garrett Wilson. I'm talking about my ranks, my okay, ranks. But okay, he, yeah, yeah. Olave could absolutely go over Garrett Wilson in the NFL draft. But those guys are very close for me, and it may it, the tiebreaker may be draft capital because I'm going to assume the targets will be there. Again, I love Traylon. I love him, but you're talking about replacement-level players. There's three good quarterbacks in this class. There's two really good running backs, and after that, you're kind of taking a crapshoot, so I, I want to get some of those Tier 1 guys, and that's the reason why we tier players. You don't necessarily want to get the highest player in a tier, especially at wide receiver when there's a lot of deep guys. But I'd be willing to take Traylon if I had the 101 and could move it for a price that I liked because he's got the highest upside of anybody, I think, in this class. Not QB, QB obviously. All right. So at 102, uh, we went to the uh, running back position, and that selection was Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Brees Hall goes 102 in the draft again. Uh, one of my one of the top two running backs for me in this class, and I don't think it's close. I think it's it's Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller as the top two running backs in this class. Brees Hall, the size, uh, the athleticism, the speed, uh, the production, right? We saw him do it for three damn years at Iowa State. Can run the ball out of the backfield, catch it, 
does everything at an exceptionally high level. The, the, the issue with these running backs, the first running back off the board very well could be Kenneth Walker. Like, it, it, it very well yep. could be Kenneth Walker. I don't know. There's no sort of information that's been gathered with these damn running backs. Like, some mocks you see Isaiah Spiller is the first back. Some you see Brees Hall. Some you see uh, Kenneth Walker. Some mocks you see Brees Hall in the second. I've seen him as low as the fourth rounder. Isaiah Spiller in the third. Isaiah Spiller in the fourth. You you just, I have no damn clue what's going to happen with these running backs in the draft. But Brees Hall, the productive rusher out of Iowa State, uh, I think he's a tier one guy along with Isaiah Spiller. Take your flavor. Look at the draft capital landing spot. I think you're getting two solid backs in Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. But Brees Hall did come off the board at 102. I was up next at 103 in this mock draft. And I'm sitting there. And my guy Isaiah Spiller's on the board. Uh, You know, Malik Willis is on the board. Garrett Wilson is on the board. But I went with neither of those players. I went with what my – I still consider my top quarterback – in this draft class, offers that dual threat capability. He's got the arm. The RPO stuff kind of scares me, but I'm still very much in on Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. And I think he's a player that even though he didn't participate in Mobile during the Senior Bowl, uh, he didn't hurt his stock whatsoever. I think his stock is still high. I'm still in on Matt Corral, man. And when I look at what he did, um, when you talk about a, a player like like um, Elijah Moore and you go back to yeah. Matt Corral's sophomore season and you saw the throws that he made uh, with Elijah Moore and then you fast forward to his junior season, that first game from Louisville, he put on a clinic, man. Put on an absolute clinic. You see the dual threat capability. Now, he's got a small frame. And it's going to be interesting what he comes in, what he comes in at uh, weight-wise. There's rumors that he played in the 190s. Uh, that that's not good when you've got a player that plays as physical as Matt Corral, but I do think yep. he's got the arm, the rushing mobility that he possesses. He puts the ball on a, on the money, man. You'll see some of these highlights uh, coming up. Just just an absolute just dime thrower. Watch the pocket manipulation. Look at this throw right down the field, right in the receiver's hands. Drops the damn ball, but really really good. Again, I just need to see how much he weighs. Right, if he's going to be this physical bruising type rusher which god i hope he's not in the nfl he can't do that at 195 pounds but matt corral at 103 was my selection i was happy with it jay what do you think about corral at 103 or as the top quarterback i mean he comes off the board for me as a top qb yeah. i took him over spiller i took him over over uh malik willis what do you think about matt corral uh, I don't hate it at all. You know, I talked about yesterday how, to me, there's a big three quarterbacks. And right now, we have no idea how they're going to shake out. Obviously, we didn't even see Corral at the Senior Bowl because he wasn't eligible. But I think that he can gain a lot of momentum heading into the combine, right? And that's where he's going to really make his money is if he's able to showcase how good he is. You talked about how there was a scout who said that playing in the SEC, Corral is by far the best quarterback in this class, right? Better than Malik Willis, but get we're going to see what happens, but I'm, I'm fine with this selection here. I think that Corral's going to show it at the Combine, and I truly believe that he could be the first quarterback off the board. I just don't think I'm there yet as far as what I'm hearing. I think it will probably be Willis, and you know we could just get right into the next pick right after your boy Gene took Malik Willis at 104 in this mock draft, and I love it. I think that Malik Willis at 104 is where he should be. You know, We talked about pre-draft how before he was going at 110, and now you got him going 104 And I was sitting back at 105, and I was thinking about it, right? Like, when we're talking about a player with the ability that Malik Willis has, I am all on board with just shooting for that supreme ceiling. And I think you're right that Corral has a similar ceiling, but with Malik, you see the arm strength, you see the speed, you see what he could be. Yes, I have some competition concerns. I'm one of those guys that if you play in the SEC, I'm going to like you a little bit more than if you're playing at Liberty. But (laughs) at the end of the day, it's very difficult to argue with how good he looked and the intangibles that he has, it just comes down to where does he go and who's going to be coaching him up. What do you think of Malik Willis at 104? You talked about him a lot yesterday, but is this too high? No. I mean, I thought about him at 103, and I know a lot of people are saying um, that they don't, you know, they're not in on Matt Corral. I think it's a little bit of, Jay, and your your video's all all fuzzy, man, so I'm going to take you off for a second. But I think it's a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. And I've said this about George Pickens, 
like nobody was saying this about Matt Corral when he was destroying the SEC to start the season. I mean, there was it was like it's him. That's the guy that I want. I want Matt Corral, the dual threat mobile rusher that's producing in the SEC, big time money throws. And then he gets hurt versus Baylor. Like, let's not forget, he's not at the senior bowl for a reason because he doesn't need to be there. He's an early declare, right? He doesn't have to go and stay for an extra season of football. He's got a high enough grade. He's not going to fall out of the first round. He's going to be a first-round pick, and he's going to go to a team that's quarterback needy. The trendy pick that we see right now is to the Washington Commanders. If he goes to that team with Terry McLaurin, I'm going to throw a dynasty sleeper out there to you. Uh, John Bates, the tight end with Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel. If they add another pass-catching weapon, that's going to be a very, very good situation for Matt Corral or Willis or whatever quarterback lands in Washington. Uh, I I think that's a fantastic, phenomenal spot. And, you know, while I'm not the biggest Ron Rivera fan, we saw when he had a dual-threat quarterback that could throw the ball in Cam Newton, how good that they could be. So, again, it's the weight thing for me with Matt Corral. And the same conversations that we're having about Corral now at 200, 205, Wait until Bryce Young checks in at 187 next year, and we're talking about Bryce Young being the number one overall pick. He doesn't have a strong arm, and he's got an even smaller frame than Matt Corral, but we'll definitely get to that next year. Um, I love to pick a Malik Willis here, um, honestly, Jay, at the 104 spot. And then at 105, we doubled back. We went back to the quarterback pool. And uh, who made that selection? I don't know who it was. But 105, we got Kenny Pickett, the signal caller out of Pittsburgh, coming off of the board. Mr. Uh, Mr. Baby Hands himself. Yes, for some people out there, they didn't realize that the NFL football is a different size than the collegiate football. So there's that that we have to kind of figure out and talk about. But Kenny Pickett, I don't have a lot of concerns about Pickett. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. In no way, shape, or form do I think he's going to be a top 10 type quarterback in Dynasty. And Eugene told me it was you that made the pick. Jordan actually made the pick. He took Kenny Pickett over Isaiah Spiller. He took Kenny Pickett over Garrett Wilson, locking up those quarterbacks. So what we just saw, Corral, Willis, and Pickett off the board 103 to 105. And here's the reality of the situation. All three of these quarterbacks, you could you could cash this shit to the bank. All three of these quarterbacks are going to be starters in the NFL at some point. And right now, the, the popular pick that we're seeing is Kenny Pickett to Denver. If Kenny Pickett goes to Denver with Judy, with Sutton, with yep. Fant, with Albert O, with Tim Patrick, with K.J. Hamler, a good offensive line, a running game with Javonta Williams if they bring back Melvin Gordon, uh, like th- – that's going to be good for the pass catchers, right? And that's the type of, like, think if you swap out Kenny Pickett and you put Mac Jones in that Denver offense with those yep. weapons and you've got an accurate quarterback and all they got to do is just deal, 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 this would be a really good spot. Like, I'm just going through some of the spots that I'm seeing for some of these quarterbacks. Yesterday I saw Malik Willis to, uh, at 6 to Carolina, Matt Corral at 11 to Washington, and Kenny Pickett at 9 to Denver. So, If that plays out, I think that's a really good spot uh, for Kenny Pickett. There's no way, and Denver very well may end up with Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, right? What would be interesting is if they got Aaron Rodgers and somehow held on to that pick and still drafted a quarterback. That'd be interesting. (laughs) But they probably won't have the 109 if they get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But if they go in all, all in on Aaron Rodgers, we won't see quarterbacks mocked there, so you know, this would be null and void. Just erase this from your memory bank. But if they don't find a way to pull it off, they've got a team that's ready to compete now. Can Kenny Pickett duel it out with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes? That's the question. That's the question that we need to answer because... I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough. And like you said, right, I did take Pickett here because for me, it's a tear break. You have your top three quarterbacks. I want to get the third quarterback because I know the drop-off after that. We've talked about how we like Carson Strong, we like Sam Howell, but I believe Pickett is the best of the bunch with what's left, clearly. And I could have went Isaiah Spiller, could have went Garrett Wilson, but ultimately took Pickett and uh, was happy to get him, right? There's a lot of good landing spots for these quarterbacks. It just comes down to is where do they ultimately go? And uh, the Washington Commanders, as you so eloquently just snuck it in there, I was ready to think in football team. But I don't love the spot, but Denver, the Steelers, there's some really good spots that could be great for some of these rookie quarterbacks. So somebody asked, was Kenny Pickett a better quarterback prospect than Drew Locke coming out? I think so. I would say so. 
Yeah, I think he's a bet. Drew Locke, what he had was that cannon of an arm. I mean, everyone knew he yeah. could throw it. What was interesting about Drew Locke is the year before he was highly he was high regarded more highly than he was the year yeah. that he actually came out. Just didn't make it happen at Missouri. Uh, I was never a big Drew Locke fan, but there's that. All right, so at 106, we get a running back. And I think if you're sitting at 106 and Isaiah Spiller falls to you, I think you're you're happy as hell. Like, you are ecstatic. If, if Isaiah Spiller is sitting there, uh, he's going to be a starting running back. He's going to be drafted to be a starting running back. He's 20 years old. He's got the prototypical size. We know he can catch the ball out of the backfield. If you can get an Isaiah Spiller, um, you know, at 106, I, I, I think that's a home run pick, this dynamic rusher out of Texas A&M, who I think is going to perform a lot better at the NFL scouting combine than people think. And once again – Early to clarity, right? I, I I know Josh Larkey and the Podfather were kind of talking about this, putting a little more emphasis on these players that decide to come out early opposed to the ones that feel like they need to stay five, six damn years in college uh, to make it happen. I think Isaiah Spiller is going to be a rock-solid pro. Again, top two running back in this class for me with Brees Hall. What are your thoughts on Spiller coming off at 106 right here? I like it a lot. This was um, who I debated over Pickett. It was it was clearly between these two for me, um, even though I love Wilson, like I mentioned. And Brandon actually texted him. He's like, thanks for Spiller, because he knew he got a steal. Um, but I love Spiller, and I think, like you said, very good shot of being the first running back taken. Should easily be a second-round pick. If not, you know, not going to be a first-rounder, but should hopefully be a second-round no. pick, go to a good no. spot, and, uh, and love the talent overall. Like you talked about, one of the youngest running backs in the draft class. Kind of like when Cam Akers came out. He was like a 20-year-old rookie yeah. running back, and Still has plenty of time left. So Spiller, great feet, um, not overworked in college, which is always good nope. to see, and uh, nope. going to be a great, great pro overall. You know, you see the footwork, and it's just going to translate to the NFL so, so quickly. Yeah, he's working hard, working hard. At 107, we go to the wideout pool, and there goes Mr. Playmaker himself, G Nasty, Garrett Wilson, man. Love this wide receiver prospect. Love yes, him. Sir. Uh, just uh, just quickness, the yak ability. One of the things I look for in wide receivers, I've got a type, and my type are wide receivers that can make shit happen after the catch, and Garrett Wilson does just that. After the catch, he's just explosive, he's quick, doesn't have tremendous like long speed. He's not just going to run past everybody. Every, he's not Jamison Williams. The body control, best in this class. Like his body awareness, yeah. positioning on the field, He's like an NFL vet right now with just how he positions his body. Uh, you'll see in this highlight package, there's a catch that he made, I believe, his freshman season versus Clemson that honestly just looked Photoshopped. It, it, it looked CGI. It didn't look real. You, you just see what he does, and it's not just that. He's a separation specialist. What do I talk about? These wide receivers that can separate off the line of scrimmage. Garrett Wilson is a separation specialist uh, at six foot one ninety, uh, one eighty eight, one ninety. Not the biggest guy. I don't think he profiles as an X at the NFL level, but I do think he's going to be a very, very good Z wide receiver. And we've seen those wide receivers thrive in the league. I love Garrett Wilson and the fact that you can get him around the 107 mark, man, that's, you know, uh, some people may say Kenneth Walker, uh, maybe a quarterback here. Garrett Wilson at 107 uh, for me is a rock solid pick and I would be so happy. We're seeing mocks with him to, to LA with Justin Herbert. That'd be a great spot. He ain't, he ain't falling out of the top be a great, 20. That's that'd the be truth. a great spot. I, I don't think he is either. He's a top 20 pick. Um, I like it, man. I love Garrett Wilson. Um, at 108, we went to the running back pool, so everybody worrying about where the running back Kenneth Walker is, boom, coming off at 108. Now, again, this, depending on when your rookie drafts are, because some people draft pre-NFL draft. I think that's the best way to do it. Have the courage of your damn conviction. You tout these players. Ray, you're saying you'll take Spiller over Hall. You're saying you'll take Corral over Willis. We'll do it before the draft. Don't, don't worry about no landing spot. Don't worry about any of that. Go draft the players that you say are the better players, right? If you believe they're both going to get, they're all going to get first round draft capital or the running backs are all going to be second or third round picks and be starters. Put your damn money where your mouth is and get these guys. So if you're drafting a pre-NFL draft, getting Kenneth Walker at 108 is a steal because he very much, he very well may be the first running back off the board. And if Kenneth Walker is the first running back off the board, you know he's going to go extremely high 
and Dynasty rookie drafts. Kenneth Walker, the size, the explosiveness. We saw what he did. Winning the Doak Walker Award at Michigan State as a transfer. Uh, does everything. I think he's the best pure just rusher in this class. Yeah. The issue with Kenneth Walker is, and I don't want to say he can't do it, because just because we haven't seen a player do it doesn't mean they can't do it, but he didn't catch the ball. He wasn't used in any kind of receiving role. The receiving versatility, the creativity was not there from the pass-catching standpoint. And if you're not going to catch passes in fantasy football, if all you're going to do is run the ball first and second down, you have to be Derrick Henry levels, J.K. Dobbins levels of efficient to really, really matter. I'm hoping he can get the pass-catching work. I think he can catch the ball. We just have not seen it from Kenneth Walker, but at 108, after the NFL draft, he's his first running back taken. There's no way he's falling this low. Kenneth Walker at 108, what are your thoughts? I love it, man. I think that uh, Walker's a guy that I'm probably going to be fading a little bit depending on where he goes, but I do think you're right, and all the points that you make are valid, that he could easily be the first running back off the board. And like we talked about when we talked about his prospect profile, he caught more passes in high school than Brees Hall. More, more passes, more yards, and more touchdowns. So... Are those skills gone? I don't know. But this is the type of player that I really look to at the combine to be like, can he catch passes? Is it natural? How does he look next to Brees Hall, next to Isaiah Spiller, next to some of these pass-catching specialists that you see come out of the draft? Because he may look fine. And at that point, I may be more willing to take a risk on him depending on where he goes. Just because we didn't see it doesn't mean he can't do it. And it's important to make sure when we evaluate these guys that we really look into what their skills are. And if they're dropping passes, then we can say, okay, we were maybe right. He wasn't catching passes for a reason. But if he can, if he looks good, and we'll obviously let you know, I may be very much in on Kenneth Walker. But what we've seen on tape, I much prefer what I've seen from Isaiah Spiller and from Brees Hall. And here's the thing. For those of y'all who say your leagues uh, won't allow you guys to draft rookies before the NFL draft, if you're the commissioner, you have to just rule like a dictator. You just have to say, this is what's happening. Damn it. I'm the commish. We're drafting before the draft. Ain't nobody going to leave. You just got to you just gotta rule like a pure dictator, and you'll be fine because that's what I do. I just told the league we're doing it before the draft. If you want to leave, goodbye. So that, that's what it is, and all the guys are fine with it. It just makes – what it does is it makes the draft super fun because you're on pins and yeah. needles waiting for your guy to get picked, and you're like, please don't go to Philadelphia. Please don't go to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Please don't. Damn it, Devontae Smith goes to Philadelphia, and you drafted him, and you're screwed over. So at 109, this is going to be an interesting pick for a lot of people. I'm interested to hear what y'all say. Sam Howe, signal caller out of North Carolina, comes off of the board. This is what I'm going to say about Sam Howe. If you go back to his freshman season, and, 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 and I mean this sincerely, his bowl game versus Temple, I remember it like it was yesterday. He made every single throw you could possibly think of. Just accuracy, the far hash, the sideline throw. I mean, he was, a, he was the guy we had been talking about for two years. Sam Howe is that dude. This past season, he loses... Um, he loses Daz Newsom. He loses Dayami Brown. He loses Michael Carter. He loses Javonta Williams. And he does not have the type of season that we thought as a passer. But he almost mm -hmm. rushed for more yards than Malik Willis. Sam Howell was a top five dual threat quarterback coming out of high school. And I'm telling you from seeing him live, he can move. He's 220 plus pounds. He's got the mobility to matter. He's another one of those guys where I don't think you want him coming in right away and, and starting. But if, if, if the stars align and, and just he, they build around him, he goes later in the draft to a good system, he can sit and learn, I do think he's got that top top 17 type upside for quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he's got the rushing yeah. ability. He's got the arm. I still like Sam Howell. I don't like him as much as Malik and Matt Corral, but he's all a 220. He's a thick boy, and he can move, yeah. right? He just – this season – North Carolina was a damn dumpster fire, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show a little bit of grace with Sam Howe because you're not that good that early and just fall off the face of the earth. I just I refuse to believe he's just washed, not good. I, I said this to the patrons. We talked yesterday for like six hours, dude. I know you all want Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in fantasy. I do too. I want those guys too, but there are only a handful of those dudes that you can rely on week in and week out. 
And if you're fine with just rolling with Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo and Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater and Jared Goff, like think of the Daniel, the quarterbacks were just lit, like Baker Mayfield. These are the starting QBs. Like that's just off the top of my head. Baker, Darnold, Bridgewater. Like th these are the guys that you're Davis Mills. That's what you wrote. Ryan Tannehill. Why not? If you're if you're in need of somebody that could be a playmaker, the cheapest place. Listen to what I'm telling you. The cheapest place you will ever get a quarterback in dynasty is the rookie draft. That so 109. I would rather have. I'd rather have Jamison Williams. Well, take your quarterback at 109, and then turn right back around in the second and take Olave, take George Pickens, like take Romeo Dubs in the third. The cheapest place in dynasty to get your quarterback is the rookie draft. I'm old enough to remember, Jay, when Jake Luton or Luton or whatever his goddamn name was, quarterback for the Jaguars, when teams needed a QB midseason, they're pushing for the playoff spot, they're trading second rounders to get this dude who's going to start yep. for a week. They're trading first rounders for Sam. Sam Darnold's a starting quarterback in Carolina with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Like the moment that Sam Howell gets announced the starter, that 109 that you paid for him, you are trading him for a first and a second at minimum. The mo Even if you don't like the guy, you can hate him. Yeah. You can hate his guts. I hate Malik Willis. He's not accurate. The moment he's announced starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's two, he's two first-round picks minimum. Yep. And let me tell you what's going to happen. He can go out there and throw an interception in his first game, two picks in his first game. If he rushes for 72 yards and a touchdown – skyrocket people are like oh yeah we could build around that uh, again yeah. cheapest place you can get a quarterback is your rookie draft so sam Howell coming off at 109 uh jay you still like how you still in on him i'm in on him not this high you know our, our boy okay. mike mr mr mcnutted loves himself some sam Howell. i don't like him this much but I i'd be willing to take him later in the draft i think you're right you know if you get him at the back of the first and you're like a championship roster he's an easy flip for more draft capital once he's a starter and I was, you're right, Patrick. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to disrespect Cousins at all. I'm not. I'm just. You get what I'm saying. You. Uh, he's not. Cousins is of all the QBs. He's not going listed, up in value, right? Right. Like that's, right. That's the right, truth. Right. Like no one's giving you two firsts for Kirk, for Kirk Cousins. No matter how good Never. he is, he's just he's he's old. Like no one's giving you that. And then Cousins of all the QBs I listed, hundred percent much better than any of those guys that I just listed. But the point is, there are only a handful of those elite guys. And if you don't have yeah. multiple of those, you got to find QB somewhere else. And I'd rather pay a 110 for a quarterback than trying to trade two, three first-rounders. If you want to spend four first-rounders to go get Josh Allen, be my guest. But I'd rather take a shot on one of these guys, at least returning value. It's the value game, right? It's it's. It's the value game. It's it's very much like the stock market, and we can get into that later. Uh, it's very much like the market. But at 110, big drizzy. Drake London off the board. Fractured his ankle towards the end of the season. He was on a record-setting pace. He comes off at 110. Drake London, six foot five, 210 pounds out of USC. A lot of people keep saying, oh, he can't separate his bullshit. There's multiple ways to separate. There's different areas and quadrants on the field. Uh, late separation, early separation, and then that big basketball background. You see he's got the – he's another one of those guys. His late separation skills are on par with anybody that I've seen in a long time. He can stop on a dime. A lot of NFL evaluators are looking at how quickly a player can decelerate just as much as they accelerate. Drake London, his deceleration skills are insane. Ball skills are crazy. He's a physical runner after the catch. I said I have a type, right? Like, like uh, uh, you know, I ain't got no type. Ray GQ definitely has a type. And I want guys uh, that can produce after the catch. Yak, monsters, Drake London can do that. And when you can just throw it up to that big boy and let him do shit like that, I'm with it, man. He's going to be a first-round pick, broken ankle and all. Anybody who wants to bet that, I will put money in the bank. He's still going to be a first-round pick. Outstanding hands. What do you think about Drake London here at 110? I like him a lot. It's funny because this is this is your guy. For people who don't know Ray, this is his type. It's the big, strong yak monsters. These are the guys you usually fall in love with. Um, but I'm actually with you. You know, usually we disagree on these kind of receivers because I don't like guys that can only win 
by going vertical. Um, but Drake London can definitely beat you by going over the top. And I can't lie, it's going to be a little annoying to hear how much he's got his basketball background because he's a big guy who can go and get the rebound out there is what we're going to hear a lot. But um, I do like Drake London a lot. I think his feet are a lot better than he gets credit for. He gets t- archetyped as this big body, go get it receiver. And he's a lot better than that. And so I think that he definitely is deserving of this high draft capital. And I have no problem taking him here. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Um, he could be an alpha. You know, we talked about wanting to see him next to Elijah Moore in New York. And I think that would be probably my best case scenario for Drizzy Drake with Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore. So Ricardo made a good, he said, is Christian Watson the discount version of Drake London? Maybe. I think they're two different players. Watson is going to test like a freak. Watson is going yeah. to run four five four four five or sub four four five. He's already measured in at six four two ten, running a four four. Jay and I are going to talk about it. He's going to be a top sixty four pick, um, and uh, yeah, he's a dog, man. He's a dog. And there's actual data out there that a lot of people think he's just a contest the catch guy, but there's data that completely refutes that. Like a lot of the highlights that you see are him just jumping, and he calls it dunking over players. Um, but yeah. he is much more than a contested catch receiver. But uh, Drake London at 110. At 111, who we got coming off the board at 111, Jay? Jamison Williams, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, it's funny because I really like J-Mo, and I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, Ray, really quickly. Because Lance Zerline comped him to Will Fuller. And Ooh. I know that everyone's going to be like, Will Fuller, you know, he's always hurt. He's never playing. But it, it's such a good comparison because Will Fuller can take it to the house on any play. He's a home run hitter. He produces at such a high level. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what Jamison Williams could really be. And to get him a 111, a guy who was mocked as the first wide receiver off the board by yeah, so many man. people up until the injury, this is a steal. Like, if you can get J-Mo this late, He's going to produce in the NFL. He's going to be ready to play. It's not going to be, you know, in August or maybe even in September. But once he hits the field, that value is going to be a lot higher than just that 111 spot. He's going to instantly vault himself. You think about certain players in the NFL. He's the kind of guy that once he catches that first bomb touchdown, he's worth two firsts. He's worth three firsts. He's just once he gets on the field and those targets start flowing in like they're going to be. J-Mo is going to be a serious problem. I don't know if he can be an alpha, but he can be a damn good Z in the NFL. And I think that that's where he could be really, really good in kind of that Will Fuller type of role because I don't think anyone's going to be able to keep up with him. I just, I truthfully don't. Yeah, I wish he, I could see him run because if he ran a 4-2, it would be over. Yeah, that, be was, over. that was the projection that he could potentially crack sub 4-3. Say what you want. I, I think he's faster than Jalen Waddle, and, and, and Waddle yeah. can move. Um He's a thin wide receiver, but he produced in the SEC at an elite clip. Uh, word is he was still good at, at at Ohio State, and when he played, he was okay, but he just didn't play a lot. He couldn't crack the lineup over Wilson, over Olave. Some people knock you know knock him for that, but pre ACL injury, like he was going off the board, he was being mocked as the wide receiver one off of the board. So if you're getting a, a six pick discount because of his ACL injury and yep. some rookie drafts, he may go lower. Um, I think that's awesome for J-Mo. I'm seeing a mock to Buffalo. If he goes in and replaces, like I would love that with Josh Allen. We're seeing Kansas city. Um, those are the two most commonly mocked places I'm seeing for Jamison Williams. The, the problem is this rookie season is probably a wash for him. And I'm not saying he's not yeah. going to play, but most receivers, it takes a year after the ACL injury to come back. So I've got, you know, like it, it, he's probably not even going to get on the – he's going to start the season on the pup. First six, eight weeks probably. he's not going to play. Then he comes in playing sporadically. They're, they're, they're taking it slow with them. Maybe you could get him at 201, 202. If he falls that far, um, I would love him. But this rookie season for J-Mo, pretty much a wash. I, I doubt he's going to play much in his rookie season. But I still love the talent, love the player. And the final guy off of the board at 112 was Mr. Just does everything well, right? Just Mr. Good. Every single thing he does is just good. Like maybe it's nothing great. He's not got, he doesn't have great speed. He's not the greatest explosive. He's not the most explosive. He's not the fastest. He maybe not like, but he's just good at everything. And I think the easy and appropriate comparison 
is one Rashad Bateman. A lot of people were like, Rashad Bateman, really good at everything, doesn't do anything special. He's not, but I think Rashad Bateman is awesome. I think that's David Bell. You see the body control. Uh, early, early producer was producing when Rondell Moore went down. True freshman, power five producer, shown that he could command that offense and be the guy in that offense. Um, and Patrick says best contested pass catcher in his opinion. Um, I, I think he's an awesome receiver. Just maybe not good, great at any one thing, but good at absolutely everything. David Bell is a monster. Getting him at 112, uh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, I like it. I don't hate it. I've got George Pickens personally ranked one spot above uh, David Bell right now. What are your thoughts on David Bell coming off the board right here at the uh, the 112 spot? I don't hate it at all. You know, like you said, David Bell is going to be a solid pro no matter where he goes. I'm not too worried about situation. I think that whatever role you have to thrust him into, he can thrive in. And that's where he's going to be invaluable to a franchise. If he's a second round pick in the NFL draft, he's going to go to a team who wants him. He's going to get used. I think he can fit whatever role a team needs him to fill. If he needs to play outside, if he needs to play in the slot, if he needs to, you know, be more of a movement guy, run the crossing routes. I think he can excel in all those roles. And I think he's going to be quarterback friendly at the NFL level. So I think no matter who you are and where you play, um, one of the reasons why I really love David Bell, it's just like you said, he doesn't really have those elite traits we hope for. All these other guys, we see elite level ability in some aspect where they can really, really showcase their talents. David Bell is just going to be a good NFL wide receiver. And that, that's it's yeah. as simple as that. So do Nothing I. against him, but he's just going to be a good wide receiver. And I think... I'm interested to see how he tests because I'm expecting him, and like you're saying, expecting him to test a little bit lesser than some of these other receivers. But if he does hit some thresholds we really, really like, I may be very much in on David Bell because he does do a lot of things really well. And I didn't know this, so we learn everything every day. He was a two-sport athlete, basketball and football star. Most of these guys are, you know, two, three-sport athletes, but I didn't know he was, like, that good um, at basketball. So interesting, interesting to hear. So let's take a look one more time at our ADP before the Senior Bowl. This was the ADP. This is where these players were going. Bell down there at 12, Williams at 11, Malik at 10. And then after the Senior Bowl, this is what we've got. So this is the mock draft after the Senior Bowl. And we see a little bit of changes uh, from this mock. We had Traylon at 101. He's been consistent, the top guy. Matt Corral takes a step back. Uh, Brees Hall jumps up to the clear RB1 spot at 102. Corral, Willis, and Pickett come off of the board, which... Look, Willis was his ADP was 110. Uh, I think that discount that you were getting on Malik Willis is over. I, I don't think there's any way in most competent rookie drafts that he's going to fall to 110. And if he does, uh, good for uh, good for your league that that you grab him. The big faller, uh, Kenneth Walker, goes down two spots from six to eight. Sam Howell remains constant at 109. Drake London took a little bit of a step back from 108 to 110. Jamison Williams and Davis, D- Jamison Williams and David Bell still consistent at 111 and 112. I don't think there's going to be a lot of adjustment from this top 12, uh, Jay. By the time we're done, a player that I could see creeping up into this top 12, and we're just we're projecting, right, and predicting forward. I think Chris Olave is going to be a first-round pick. I'm not the biggest fan. I like him. I don't love him. I like him. I don't love him. I think he's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft, so I think we can see Olave creep into that round one, that first round mm-hmm. of rookie drafts, especially if he performs well at the combine. I also think George Pickens is somebody that I think could creep in to the first round of rookie drafts. I love – and I, I tweeted out – couple nights ago, and I, I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I'm not saying he's the 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 better than both David uh, Drake London and Garrett Wilson combined. I'm saying the things that those two players do, the things that Drake London does with his contested catchability, the big go up and get it, uh, yak stuff that Garrett Wilson does, separation specialist. I think George Pickens, a healthy George Pickens, possesses two those two attributes from those players. I think he has it all. And a lot of people, again, out of sight, out of mind, coming into this season, like George Pickens was supposed to be that dude. And he tore his ACL before spring ball. It was like spring ball, he tears his ACL. When you look at what Stetson Bennett did with Georgia this year and the lack of a true offensive wide receiver, George Pickens plays the entire season. At 6'4", 210 pounds, I think he's a little more fluid than uh, Drake London, and he's all, he's much larger than, than Garrett Wilson. 
if 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 GP played the entire season with that Georgia offense, I think the conversation is about him being wide receiver one. I think he's a more refined receiver than Traylon. And I y'all know I've been talking about Traylon Burks longer than anybody on the face of the planet. I love him. And I think his raw ability puts him in rare air, like rare category, yeah. just the, the speed, the size. But if you're just talking about a refined ride receiver that has elite traits that can go get it right now, I think George Pickens is a better overall complete wide receiver than Traylon is right now. And had GP played the entire season, I think the conversation wouldn't be about him being wide receiver five, six, or seven. It'd be if he was wide receiver one or two in this 2022 NFL draft class. I think the things that that London and Wilson do, he possesses both of those unique skill sets. The, the issue is he just didn't play this year. Torn ACL, we saw some of the ridiculous catch radiuses, uh, the catches that he made versus Cincinnati and Alabama, very, very high on George Pickens. He, too, can separate an elite clip. And if you just want to watch one game where you see a wide receiver absolutely take over, go watch Georgia's bowl game versus Baylor last year. He had, like, 12 receptions in the first half. Like, they couldn't cover him at all. Just uncoverable, body control. He's fantastic, but he's just out of sight, out of mind. But we'll jump into round two of the mock on Thursday. So, uh, tomorrow... Q&A. If you guys have any questions, real quick, Walt, I'll answer this one because I see it. Prediction on Burks's combine time, I'm thinking sub 4-5. Uh, laser, when the laser gets on him, I think he's like a 4-4-7 at low end, maybe 4-4-3. And at 220 plus pounds, I think he's going to be a 98th percentile speed score kind of guy, which is insane. Do I think he cracks sub 4-4? I don't. I think he's a 4-4 guy. But at 225 pounds, that is ridiculous. Uh, and I think his, his three cone, his short shuttle is going to be a lot faster than a lot of people think as well. So um, yeah. I'm seeing four, four, we'll take some bets on this. People saying four, four flat, four, four, one. I, I don't, I, I, I'm not, he very well could do that. So it's going to be interesting. Um, we are going to get into round two on Thursday. Like I said, please, please, please tap in uh, tomorrow for the Q and a live. And also quick, a little announcement, man. I had so much fun, Jay, at the Senior Bowl with my man Debro from FTN. We are doing a podcast together. Me and Derek Brown. Make sure you follow Debro on Twitter. Make sure you follow FTN Fantasy. We are kicking off a Dynasty podcast together. I rarely podcast anymore. I've never done a podcast with somebody. Oh, that's a lie. I did the Dynasty Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast with Yates um, for a little bit of time. But me and Derek Brown, we got a podcast dropping on FTN's network, so look out for that. It's just called the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. Real simple. Subscribe to it on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, all of that shit, and get ready to tap in. We got an episode dropping, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. But we appreciate y'all tapping in. Be here tomorrow. Wake up. More rookies on Thursday. We out of this thing. Peace.